0: would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skebanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skebanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skebanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, Please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560 271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shout outs, and much more you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform.
1: care what it costs I want to know what the truth is and I hope that people my son anybody if my name comes up
2: whether you like me whether you agree with me or not at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth he's on a quest for truth
3: welcome to Skiba News Nation bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba.
0: Hey Skiba News Nation family welcome to episode 33 of Skiba News Nation I'm your host Jeremiah Skiba and today we're going to be talking about Maxwell video from prison they killed him more Brandon I mean Biden nonsense Civil antitrust lawsuit against Google chat GTP warning what is it? AI chatbot video connects all of the video topics and conspiracies from our episode today an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we're gonna be showing you part one of our exclusive interview with the Branch Davidians, memes, and much more, so stay tuned. So let's dive right in, but before we do that, let me introduce my great co-host, Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. How you doing?
4: Doing great, Jeremiah. People have no idea what exclusive Skiba News Nation stories they're about to get today because I'm I'm just like so excited to, to, hear what you're about to share because Mm -hmm. we've already been talking about it of course and also how it connects with some of the news stories that i'm about to share so we got a great show man
0: i agree let's dive right in
4: All right, guys, let's get right into it. I used to think that people were rational and you could just show them facts and evidence and they would be open to new ideas. <laughs> then I learned about cognitive dissonance, doublethink, and herd mentality. And that's exactly why, in our culture today, because we're engaged in a cultural war as the minds of men are being pulled one way and another, uh, that's how we go from this where it was you know a wholesome family unit to this which is sitting down uh with drag queens right Yep. and (laughs) it's so crazy the world we live in and that's why i'm kind of starting off the episode with some of this stuff uh because it's all different elements that distract from other elements Mm -hmm. and it's almost like when you have too many balls to juggle you drop a few balls you know what i'm saying i know and so. that's the whole goal of the system to squeeze in these agendas so uh, you know we have a if you can make out who who's in this picture it's uh, of course a throwback to the wizard of oz <laughs> all about finding that guy behind the green curtain right well mm. here's dorothy which is represented by the statue of liberty in bed and you know we have the whole family here uh, obama and biden and pelosi, pelosi. yeah Chucky Chuck, Chuck humor. <laughs> you know these Movers and shakers Standing over and going They're there lie quiet now You just <laughs> had there. a bad dream <laughs>
0: That's awesome
4: <laughs> Talking to America you know what I mean
0: Yeah belittling America
4: <laughs> Oh man I, I'd love to get Opa's input on how The Wizard of Oz and the whole Element of uncovering the man Behind the curtain uh, is reflective in some of the stuff we talk about, you know? what? Because, I mean, you probably saw that movie a few times, Opa, right? I mean, it's it's More pretty than famous. Did, what What are your thoughts on how it kind of reflects... It's kind of like a metaphor for uncovering the person kind of orchestrating the things behind the scenes, right? What, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that?
3: For its time, back in 1939, when the movie came out, it, it really... Did try to reflect uh, behind-the-scenes type stuff, uh, and uh, that's basically all I can think of right now.
0: Because I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't alive when the when the when when it came out in theaters. But I know that he's seen it a lot uh, during my lifetime, at least, and I'm sure even in my mom's lifetime. But the man behind the curtain probably shows a lot of political views, Opa.
3: Yeah, I think it did. I really do.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and that was the start. Yeah,
4: I I always found it interesting that that Pink Floyd song, when played in conjunction with with the movie, right, lines up so interesting, and it's almost like they colluded together and, and they designed the whole album just to perfectly play with the movie, Dark Side of the Moon, right? Yep. And this is an example the reason i'm sharing this and talking about wizard of oz and whenever you play the dark side of the moon over top of the wizard of oz and it lines up it, it it's almost like a glove fitting mm-hmm. it's almost like a conspiracy right but in reality they didn't intend to make it match up it, it was just purely by accident that the scenes and the songs seem to gel so much that is what we call a a coincidence, right? Yep. But what we're going to be talking about today is a conspiracy. A, a, you know, a variety of topics of conspiracy, which are not coincidences, as we would look at the example of how the Dark Side of the Moon Pink Floyd album lines up perfectly over the Wizard of Oz. We are talking about conspiracies that are being exposed, consistent agendas and plots that are being uncovered with all these other topics a big difference between coincidence and conspiracy is the main point i'm trying to make you guys Mm -hmm. get what i'm trying to say
0: i get what you're saying yep
4: awesome so now as we share some of these conspiracies uh that we're going to talk about today some of these news topics and some of what you're going to bring out in the history segment which is so very interesting jeremiah Get ready, everybody, right? I'm just going to run through a couple of very interesting stories that caught my attention, and then we have several videos. Uh, we're, gonna we're going to talk about AI chatbots. We're going to talk about the war in Ukraine. Uh, we have a lot of interesting kind of uh, news uh, stories this week, so i anyway, <laughs> just rambling a little bit. Here's our first story. Uh, we have King Charles. The Buckingham Palace reveals details of three-day celebration to mark King Charles III's coronation. So uh we got King Charles being ushered into his kingship uh soon. <laughs> uh there was a missing plane that disappeared departing New York's JFK airport and it was found in White Plains with the occupants dead. So uh there was a recent, you know, A30 A36 plane crash. Here's an interesting one. Chick-fil-A is being hit with a class action lawsuit over video data collection. Uh, Chick-fil-A violated one of the U.S.'s only federal privacy laws by sharing video viewership data with Facebook, according to a new lawsuit. Uh, Don't they make you sign over your permission to do that whenever you, like, check sign up for your account? I wonder if somebody was just posting on their Chick-fil-A account with videos or whatever, and uh, Facebook tracked it, Got all that data, and now they're put into the, the you know the jailhouse with the lawsuit coming in. Yep. Oh man, that's uh, crazy. Here's one to just to you know keep your wheels turning. Uh, we we caught another UFO on tape.
0: Oh yeah? Huh? Uh, yeah, I think I see yeah,
4: it. Another UFO right here. It's been <laughs> caught on tape.
0: Yep. That's all, all that right, matters. So
4: <laughs> Send it to the feds. Uh just a uh a a video that i think will go well with our history segment uh here's our first video it's a grizzly maxwell uh stating in prison that she does believe they killed jeffrey epstein because you know all that meme circulating jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself well now it's being confirmed by the one working with him and who was put into prison without any of the people that uh co-conspired with jeffrey epstein and participated in all these atrocious acts uh on that island, uh, none of them coming to justice, but at least Maxwell seems to be speaking out about the topic now from prison. Alright.
5: I believe that he was uh, murdered. Well shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. Because um and he was going to I was sure he was going to appeal, and I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement, but I wasn't in the indictment. So I wasn't mentioned, I I wasn't even one of the co-conspirators. I obviously wish I'd never met him. You know, looking back now, I probably wish I had stayed in England. But leaving that aside, You know I tried to leave and start another new job and move on from the end of 98, 99 so I wish that I had been more successful at moving on because I became a banker so I should have you know moved on completely. At the time I wouldn't have had a Problem introducing people to my friends to him because I didn't know <laughs> that he was so awful. I mean, obviously now, really, looking back with hindsight, of course. But at the time, I mean, he had lots of friends. He was friendly with just about everybody you can imagine. There was no reason to imagine that. He was someone of interest to people.
0: I have two comments about that video. The first one is, why do they always show the photo of President Trump and Melania Trump with Jeffrey Epstein and, and as you say, Grizzlane Maxwell? Always. They never show Clinton. They never show anybody else. Because, did you know that Trump actually kicked him out of his Mar-a-Lago estate because of some of the actions that he was doing at this this party that was happening at mar-a-lago no i didn't know that yeah it's 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 interesting and my my second thing is she looks so bad and i i've heard recently that that the list did come out i saw something this morning and trump was not on that list so it's kind of interesting how many people were on that list that were flying in that plane and i don't know i just thought that was interesting
4: yeah, well, I think this will go really well with your history segment and Absolutely. some of the uh, information you're about to share that's just going to blow people's minds. But I'm, enough talking that up. <laughs> Let's go to our next video here. Uh, it's Biden announcing the tanks that are being sent to Ukraine. How is this not a proxy war? Well, according to Russia, it is. Let's check this video out.
6: Right. Capability, as uh, General Austin will tell you, uh, uh, is, has, been, has been critical. And that's why the United States has committed hundreds of armoured fighting vehicles to date, including more than 500 as part of the assistance package we announced last Friday. And today, today I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. The Abrams tanks are the most capable tanks in the world. <clears throat> They're also extremely complex to operate and maintain. So, we're also giving Ukraine the parts and equipment necessary to effectively sustain these tanks on the battlefield. And we begin, we'll begin to train the Ukrainian troops on these issues of sustainment, logistics, and maintenance as soon as possible. Delivering these tanks to the field is going to take time. Time uh, that we'll see, uh, we'll use to make sure the Ukrainians are fully prepared to integrate the Abram tanks into their defenses. We're also closely coordinated this announcement with our allies. The American contribution will be joined by an additional announcement, including that will be, uh, will be ready, available and more easily integrated for use in the battlefield in the coming weeks months some other countries. I'm grateful to Chancellor Schulz for providing German Leopard 2 tanks. And will lead an effort to organize a European contribution of two tank battalions for Ukraine.
4: Wow. So we have uh, more money and hardware being sent over to the, the interesting scene playing out over there in Europe.
0: Sounds like he's trying to get us into a war. That's what it sounds like. Well, first of all, I have trouble even understanding what he's saying. <laughs> Second of all, it's, you know, it sounds like he's he's trying to to piss off Russia, doesn't it?
4: Absolutely. And and of course, it's important not to always buy the propaganda from both either side. Both are putting out propaganda. The truth is probably closer to the middle uh, than people would like to admit. I know Mm -hmm. there has been a massive support Ukraine push. But there's a lot going into this. I know Russia is claiming that they are now at war with NATO. Ukraine has turned into a testing field for all the modern weaponry of the NATO states. Mm -hmm. And they're testing it against a major power like Russia to see how it would fare in a wider warfare scenario. And so that's what we're seeing in the Ukrainian field, all this new technology, drone warfare, uh, crazy stuff uh, get that buckshot ready right well mm-hmm. here's this next video I found interesting there's a civil lawsuit against Google for antitrust laws uh, let's check this video out
7: unfortunately I'm going to begin my remarks today just as I did yesterday offering my condolences to the families of the victims of yet another mass shooting in our country all of us at the Justice Department Including the FBI and ATF will continue to support the Half Moon Bay community in the difficult days ahead. And as I said yesterday, the Justice Department is committed to doing everything in our power to protect our communities from the gun violence that is leaving no community in this country untouched. Today the Department of Justice, joined by eight states, filed a civil antitrust lawsuit in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia against Google. We alleged that Google has used anti-competitive, exclusionary, and unlawful conduct to eliminate or severely diminish any threat to its dominance over digital advertising technologies. These technologies, which are known as ad tech, automate advertising sales by website publishers to online advertisers. When an internet user opens a web page that has ad space to sell, ad tech tools almost instantly match the website publisher with an advertiser looking to promote its products or services to the website's user. This product and process typically involves the use of an automated advertising exchange. This exchange runs a high-speed auction designed to identify the best match. Between a publisher selling internet ad space and advertisers looking to buy it. As alleged in our complaint, for 15 years Google has pursued a course of anti-competitive conduct that has allowed it to halt the rise of rival technologies, manipulate auction mechanics to insulate itself from competition, and force advertisers and publishers to use its tools. In so doing Google has engaged in exclusionary conduct as severely weaken, if not destroy, competition in the ad tech industry. As detailed in our complaint, we allege that Google's anti-competitive conduct extends to three significant elements of the digital ad buying process. First, Google controls the technology used by nearly every major website publisher to offer advertising space for sale. Second, Google controls the leading tool used by advertisers to buy that advertising space. And third, Google controls the largest ad exchange that matches publishers and advertisers together each time that ad space is sold. As a result of this scheme, website creators earn less and advertisers pay more. That means that fewer publishers are able to offer Internet users content without subscriptions, paywalls or other forms of monetization. Our complaint alleges that Google has violated Section 2 of the Sherman Antitrust Act by monopolizing the market for the technology used by publishers to offer ads on their websites, monopolizing or attempting to monopolize the ad exchange market, and monopolizing the market for the ad network technology that advertisers use to buy digital advertising space. Our complaint also alleges that Google has unlawfully tied its ad exchange and its publisher ad server in violations of Section 1 and 2 of the Sherman Act. And finally, we allege that the United States as an advertiser has incurred damages by reason of Google's violations of the antitrust laws. In addition to the declaratory relief, our complaint seeks damages and the divestiture of certain Google ad tech products. It also seeks an injunction preventing Google from continuing to engage in the anti-competitive practices described in the complaint, and any other practices with the same purpose and effect as the challenge practices. I am grateful to Assistant Attorney General Jonathan Cantor, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Doha Meckie, and the attorneys and staff at the antitrust division for their tireless work on this case. Monopolies threaten the free and fair markets upon which our economy is based. They stifle innovation, they hurt producers and workers, and they increase costs for consumers. Today's complaint is only the latest example the department's work to challenge antitrust violations that undermine competition and harm the American people. No matter the industry and no matter the company, The Justice Department will vigorously enforce our antitrust laws. We will aggressively protect consumers, safeguard competition, and work to ensure economic fairness and opportunity for all. I will now turn the podium over to Associate Attorney General Vinita Gupta. We have Google, who has had their
4: tentacles in all of the ad-generating income uh, throughout the internet, right? Google mm-hmm. is the biggest search engine that uh, controls what we see, and in recent years, people have you know speculated are you know are we giving Google the keys to the hearts and minds of the people of the world? Because anytime we go to find something on the internet, mm-hmm. the most likely search engine to be used is Google. Yep. And so, therefore, if they're using information that uh, from our browsing habits to Uh, what we talk about around our phone right and they use that to tailor uh, ads for us we can get into a pretty dystopian world very quickly and Mm -hmm. so this is a civil lawsuit coming against google as an antitrust uh, monopoly type thing where google obviously has a monopoly and we could say that this story uh is probably kind of like a uh you know, a, a win for the good guys, so so to speak. Because now Google will have to uh maybe have to reveal information on how they're using all of their advertising power. Um maybe some of this will come to light as this lawsuit digs in and investigations ensue. Uh is it a dangerous thing to yeah. give the key of like AI, for example, to Google Uh, which can use all of the information on the internet and all of our browsing habits and allow a company, a single company, all of that power and all of that control of what information is divvied where and what ads uh, are placed on who. Uh, And so this is the power of Google that's being challenged right now by this lawsuit. So uh, just some things to consider.
0: Well, they also own YouTube and so they're taking away our freedom of speech as well. I mean, uh, us personally, I mean, we, we see it all the time where they try to silence us or tell us that what we're saying is against community guidelines when it, we're just speaking our minds we're just speaking the truth and they don't like that. And, uh, I wish they would look into that too. I mean, will it take a lawsuit oh, yeah. for them to actually look at what's going on at YouTube? Like who makes those decis- decisions? Every time we get a, we put a video out, I, I have to literally fight for every single video to either get it monetized or to, to, to keep it up. And it's, it's always, it's always really, really, I mean, stressful because I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh no, they're going to take down our video unless I contact them and I'll spend hours trying to make sure that that video comes out. In the premiere so what what does it take for them to actually look into that too you know maybe that's the next step
4: some interesting news that recently came out in pre in this previous month uh is an ai chat bot let's check this video out of chat gtp and a warning of its use how many
1: of you clap how many of you know what chat gpt is <laughs> there are things and everyone on in the audience should know this there are things coming down the pipeline on the artificial intelligence front that are just going to make your hair stand on end within the next year because there is so much transformation going on in that domain and and that's been the case particularly for the last six months that it's it's almost unimaginable i figure a third of the universities will go broke in the next five years so i'll tell you what chad gpt is just so you know because you need to know this and i don't know what sort of technological revolution this is it's smarter than you this is a big deal so this ai system it's a general language processing model was released about a week ago a week and a half ago and uh, i i went interacted with it you can it's an ai system artificial intelligence system it basically is trained on well a massive corpus of of spoken and or of text so it's derived its models of the world from the analysis of human speech essentially it, it isn't using real-world data yet but that will be happening certainly within the next year and chat GPT analyzes a very large corpus of text and that corpus is growing all the time now it's already sophisticated enough I went on to it last week and I said okay some of you know, I've written these books, 12 Rules for Life, and then Beyond Order, 12 more rules, because, you know, you can't have enough rules. And I asked it, this is what I asked it to do. I said, write me an essay that's a 13th rule for Beyond Order, written in a style that combines the King James Bible with the Tao Te Ching. That's pretty difficult to pull off, you know? Any one of those things is hard. The intersection of all three, that's impossible. Well, it wrote it in about three seconds, four pages long, and it isn't obvious to me, for better or worse, that I would be able to tell that I didn't write it. Right, right, and okay, and that's pretty impressive, but the fact that it could do that grammatically perfectly, right, and quite impressive philosophically, I also had it write an essay on the intersection between the Taoist version of ethical morality and the ethics that are outlined in the Sermon on the Mount, which it just nailed, got that dead right. Brilliant. Again, it took it about three seconds. There was a, a computer engineer who purported to work for Tesla. He asked GPT, Chad GPT said, look, I work for Elon Musk, but I haven't been doing much for the last week. So I need you to write me 10 bullet points about what I probably would have done as a as a engineer at Twitter, what 10 things did I do last week that were productive and valuable? And, oh, if you don't mind, write me the accompanying computer code that goes with each project. And it did that too, three seconds. And the computer code works. Right. And so, okay. So that's, that's already there. So then a university professor did this. He thought, oh, that's interesting. Any student will be able to write any essay on any topic with chat GPT. And, uh, Someone gave it an SAT, by the way, and it scored about as well as the average student in a well-functioning public university. So that's how smart it is. So that's basically an IQ test. He said, write me an essay. Gave it a topic, wrote the essay. He said, now grade it. Said, if we can automate the students, we should be able to automate the professors too. And so it provided a complete comprehensive analysis of its own essay with grade. It wrote a... Someone else asked it, write the screenplay and describe the characters for the next $900 million Hollywood blockbuster. It's like, bang, plot, characterizations. Then someone else took the descriptions of the actors and said, generate computer, photorealistic computer images for each actor, and, did, and all the AI systems could do that. So I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen next. This is gonna happen this year, so get ready. Okay, so now we have an AI model that can extract a model of the world from the entire corpus of language. All right, and it's, it's smarter than you. And it's going to be a hell of a lot smarter than you in two years. So you can get ready for that too. But it's not that smart yet because it's just a humanities professor at the moment. It doesn't test its linguistic knowledge against the real world. That's what a scientist does, right? You come up with a theory that's linguistically predicated, and then you throw it against the world and see if it sticks. And then the world tells you whether or not your linguistic construction is valid. But the new AI systems will be able to extract out patterns from the world itself, from images and so forth, and then be able to test their linguistic constructions against the world. And so they'll practice just like scientists. And the most advanced models are going to use text and image and action as well because they'll be able to model human action and so and all of that's going to come down the pipes within the next year so hang on to your hats ladies and gentlemen because what did my friend jonathan pageau say giants are going to walk the earth once more and we're going to live through that in elon musk one of the things he's working on see he, he thinks that the world will be controlled by whoever produces the most functional AI system, the fastest, because there'll be a first mover advantage. And one of the things Musk has been working on for a long time are distributed AI systems so that you'll have your own artificial intelligence to protect you against, well, let's say against Google's artificial intelligence, for starters. Yeah, or or the CCP's artificial intelligence, because you can bet your hat they're working on that about as fast as
4: they possibly can. Whoa. So... Wow, just a breakdown of how this technology is quickly advancing. AI technology is here to stay, folks.
0: Crazy. Now, now are we wanting to do something with this?
4: Yes, Uh, we are going to have a, a tinfoil hat wearing party where we ask this thing all sorts of questions. So you guys be on the lookout for that. We'll probably upload it as its own separate video. Uh, but yeah just it's there's gonna be one fun. more video about it that I'd like to show you guys it actually oh, yeah, explains sure. how it works uh, and, and you can see what we're going to be getting into when we start asking it all kinds of interesting conspiratorial <laughs> questions uh, we might get into FE we might be getting into some of the uh, CIA and uh, other conspiratorial stories that we've been covering over the previous couple weeks and, and you guys can uh, submit
0: your questions for us to ask how about that in the in the uh, comment section below so yeah let's do it like that. we find
4: something good we'll ask it and uh let's check out this vi- this next video that explains what it is this crazy AI chatbot.
8: ChatGPT is one of the most trending topics right now. It's been less than a week since its release and people's minds are being blown with what it can do. It's also breaking records with over 1 million users signed up in just 5 days, faster than Netflix, Twitter, Facebook, even Instagram. No longer will you be Googling the answers to problems. ChatGPT gives breakdowns of them in fine detail, with explanations exactly how it works. This will make people question just how relevant Google will be in the coming future. Do you want to know the limitations of TypeScript, ChatGPT has you covered. But what exactly is ChatGPT? What makes it so powerful? These are things I wanted to find out. It's built by the same people that are behind OpenAI, which are now shaping some really interesting technologies. They've been building powerful engines like Codex, which is the engine behind GitHub Copilot, something that many of us are already using in our day-to-day coding on VS Code. And if you're looking closely, you might see the beginnings of ChatGPT, where people put in prompts and they get outputs from an AI-generated system. Another example was DALL-E 2 which was an image generator based on prompts you enter. Here you get different types of visualizations of a spaceman on a horse and lots of other examples even extending out classical artwork. ChatGPT is therefore a way of prompting an AI to solve or answer a question or a prompt in a human-like manner, very different from anything else we've seen before. And this can sound scary, very scary, especially to organizations like Stack Overflow, which pride themselves on solving problems with human-related answers. They've actually gone as far as banning ChatGPT out from their systems. This is because they want to build a level of trust on there. And if people simply copy-paste answers from GPT without any references, that might break that level of trust. This is all quite interesting, but let me have a look at ChatGPT under the hood by actually using it and seeing just how useful it will become as part of our day-to-day lives in developing as well as any industry. In case you didn't know, ChatGPT is entirely free. If you want to try it out yourself, simply go to OpenAI, log in with a brand new account, and then select the ChatGPT interface. I'm quite fond of the design, it's nice and simple, giving you the examples as well as some capabilities and limitations of ChatGPT. Some of these capabilities are quite powerful, things like remembering what a user said in a conversation and providing follow-up corrections as well. The first thing I wanted to do is to see if it could tell me what Python or TypeScript is and it gave me a pretty sound answer, saying that TypeScript is a programming language that's a superset of JavaScript. Since I haven't actually used TypeScript before, I decided to ask it if it could give me a hello world function. Not only did it write the function in such a manner that I could literally copy-paste it out, but it also explained the function to me. And this is really just the beginning. And here is where things get interesting. I've been working on a small application and I was getting an error that I couldn't figure out. I decided to copy-paste this error into ChatGPT to see what it would say. Here's some JavaScript in VS Code for a upload for a video app I'm working. This code is failing when I try to run it in Node.js. I copy-pasted this straight into ChatGPT asking if it could fix the following code for me. What I received back was my code fixed, and not only that, ChatGPT went through and gave me the code to copy-paste and even explained to me exactly what was wrong, why it was wrong, and how it was fixed. In this example, I had written my return function incorrectly, basically making a bit of a typo, and here it's gone through and fixed that return, making sure that it's spelled correctly. It's also been a bit cheeky here, adding in a comment that it fixed the typo right here on the line where it says return. If I didn't know any better, this could have come from a real human. Even, for example, a mentor or a supervisor that could be checking and reviewing your code. And this makes me question exactly what things might look like in the future of development, because this could really be like a personal assistant of a sort. But ChatGPT has a lot of relevance even outside of programming since it's practical to pretty much anything. Here I wanted to create a list of food I can eat that don't include carbs because I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. It gave me three dishes that I can have, grilled chicken as well as shrimp as well as some omelettes. Taking this one step further I asked if it could create a shopping list for me based on those meals. And yes, it did that very easily. Not only that, it indented them and made them nice and readable. I think that ChatGPT is here to stay. Okay,
4: so chat AI that can basically spit out papers on any topic in any flavor that you want. And, uh, and this is just the start of these use cases, uh, but very interesting, Jeremiah. Any other thoughts on AI before we move on to this uh, video that might connect all these stories together for us?
0: I think it's super uh, scary, but yet interesting. I mean, it's gonna be fun to, to mess around with it and to mess with the AIs. so.
4: What I like, Yeah, guys, stay tuned. Uh,
3: what I liked about it was uh, that it could create code for me. I'm, from, I'm an old coder from back in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, and uh, I mean, that looked incredible
4: yeah it's an amazing piece of technology um and just uh you know you think, it, it's kind of like the knowledge of good and evil right it can be used for good or evil
0: <laughs> do you think they could write songs
4: um, I, uh, we ought to try I that know some people have been experimenting with it
0: i i tried one like uh like uh probably a month ago and the song was really bad but maybe this site is different <laughs> None nothing rhymed in it it was kind of interesting but uh That'll be one of the things we try.
4: Let's do it and stay tuned. We'll be asking it all kinds of conspiratorial questions. So here, this uh, next video is from a guy who actually went to many conferences with your dad, Jeremiah, his name's Steve. Uh, And he had a really interesting kind of news uh, prophecy video that connects a lot of the stories we've just covered. I wanted to watch some of this. Uh, check this News World update from Torah Family. Uh, here we go.
0: Cool.
2: Welcome to our World News Update for January 20th, 2023. While war is a continued topic regarding Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Iran, along with China and Taiwan, there seems to be many other things rising to the headlines. However, it seems little attention is given to them as a whole. Let me say that I'm not belittling the war situations around the world. Not at all. In fact, I'm quite concerned about them all. As noted in our last World News Update. Russia basically said they're fighting a war with the US through Ukraine. If that's the case, when does that war stop getting fought through Ukraine? Is anyone even thinking about this? How much support does the US have to give Ukraine until Russia says enough is enough and starts aiming directly at the US? As mentioned in our last update, who knows what will become of all this. With everything else going on around the world, I can't help but think of the words of Yeshua. Matthew 24, verse 6, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. So, don't be alarmed. Things are just setting up. When will it all go down? Well, that remains to be seen but we continue to watch and pray and not be alarmed. But I believe there are other things taking place in the world that should be topics of equal, if not greater, concern. Let's discuss a few. First, back in October of 2019, there was a meeting called Event 201. Links regarding this event are provided in the description. This meeting was basically an exercise of What do we do if the world gets hit with a pandemic? A quote from the opening paragraph of the event's website reads as follows. The Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation hosted Event 201, a high level pandemic exercise on October 18th, 2019 in New York, New York. The exercise illustrated areas where public-private partnerships will be necessary during the response to a severe pandemic in order to diminish large-scale economic and societal consequences. Ironically enough, by the end of that following March, just five months later, close to half the world's population was under some form of lockdown with over 3 billion people in more than 90 countries or territories asked or ordered to stay at home by their governments. Then, by 2021, their solution for the pandemic was being produced and distributed to people all over the world. But, this is old news, so why bring it up? Well, in case you missed it, on October 23rd of 2022, there was another exercise held. This one was titled Catastrophic Contagion. The opening paragraphs of the site reads as follows. The Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation conducted Catastrophic Contagion, a pandemic tabletop exercise at the Grand Challenges annual meeting in Brussels, Belgium On October 23, 2022, the extraordinary group of participants consisted of 10 current and former health ministers and senior public health officials from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angola, Liberia, Singapore, India, Germany, as well as Bill Gates, co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The exercise simulated a series of World Health Organization Emergency Health Advisory Board meetings addressing a fictional pandemic set in the near future. Participants grappled with how to respond to an epidemic located in one part of the world that then spread rapidly, becoming a pandemic with a higher fatality rate than COVID-19 and disproportionately affecting children and young people. Participants were challenged to make urgent policy decisions with limited information in the face of uncertainty. Each problem and choice had serious health, economic, and social ramifications. So, the big question is, are we going to see another coincidence in the near future? If we do, and the items covered in this exercise are of any clue of what's coming, It won't be a good situation. In fact, it will be much worse than what we've seen before. Links are provided in the description. Another concern that seems to be flying under the radar for many is the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. Several countries have already begun a Central Bank Digital Currency for their state. It's currently in the beta phase right now for the United States. Whether you like it or not, this is what's coming. Too much time, money, and energy has been placed into this for them to just let it drop by the wayside. Plus, with other countries already having it implemented, there's concern if the U.S. or Europe doesn't launch a digital currency, China will set all the standards for them, thus giving China a huge advantage. China even has it where facial recognition is used in making payments. No cash or even credit cards are needed. A friend sent me a short video to show how China's facial recognition technology is being used for their digital currency. I would show it here, but I'm not sure of all the copyrights on it. But it was crazy. They put their face up to the reader. And then, their bank account was charged for the purchase at the store and even at soda machines. But don't think facial recognition technology isn't coming to America. Many airports across the country are running beta tests on it now with plans to have it in every airport soon. So, once the beta phase is complete for the central bank digital currency, you need to know they won't set on it for long. It will come to be. And if the right crisis presents itself, they can speed up the process and present the central bank digital currency to be the new currency in the U.S. much sooner than they planned. Speaking of a right crisis, once again, the United States has hit its debt ceiling. From Reuters.com, we read, the U.S. government hit its 31.4 trillion borrowing limit on Thursday amid a standoff between the Republican-controlled House of Representatives and President Joe Biden's Democrats on lifting the ceiling, which could lead to a fiscal crisis in a few months. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen informed Congressional leaders, including House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, that her department had begun using extraordinary cash management measures that could stave off default until June 5th. The article also reported, Yellen warned that the June date was subject to considerable uncertainty due to the challenge of forecasting payments and government revenues months into the future. I respectfully urge Congress to act promptly to protect the full faith and credit of the United States, Yellen told congressional leaders in a letter Thursday. But there was no sign that either Republicans or Biden's Democrats were willing to budge. But let's assume for a moment this situation gets resolved with little or even no ramifications. This isn't our first time around the block with this situation. How many times can we just keep raising the bar of our debt and it not come crashing down on us? I mean, think about it. Who answers their debt problem with going into more debt? It just doesn't make sense. If, and I say if, this isn't resolved, I believe this could easily be used as a catalyst to usher in the central bank digital currency much faster. As with everything, time is always the ultimate test. A big concern that many have is how China uses what's called a social credit system in conjunction with their digital currency. If one is caught breaking the law, through the facial recognition technology the punishment is almost immediate. They have facial recognition cameras everywhere. This is becoming known as SEG, Social Engineering Governance, rewarding what the government deems as good behavior and punishing what the government decides is bad behavior. This can sound good. however. What happens when the government makes laws you disagree with? What then? If you start breaking the laws you disagree with, they immediately start finding your bank account that's based in the central bank digital currency. And you have no say over it. Now, add to this the new AI technology that's just been released a few weeks ago. It's called ChatGPT. It's a revolutionary AI. It's currently trained from spoken and written language around the world. Now, think about that. It's currently trained from spoken and written language around the world. Remember, Yahweh confused the language of man because their motives weren't right. When they were making the Tower of Babel, he said this. Genesis 11.6 If as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And yet, what do we see in this new AI? An intelligence that derives all its current knowledge from spoken and written language around the world. In essence, bringing all the languages back together through one entity. We've provided two videos in the description below that we highly recommend you watch. One promotes ChatGPT and the other gives stark warning of it. Well, I just want to say thanks to
4: Steve for you know, putting out some of those connections with all of these various stories. And it was so good that I wanted to include it. So just another watchman on the wall. I wanted to let you guys uh, check that out. And awesome. what, what are some of your thoughts,
0: Jeremiah? He was putting all the pieces pieces together for for me personally and made it easy to understand i very much appreciate that
4: exactly it's like at the beginning of the episode i mentioned it's like juggling mini balls right and all mm-hmm. the distractions you know when you you add more and more you're bound to drop a few and whenever you have all these different things coming together you have the central bank digital currency you have the health world health organization and all their planning you have the big pharma you have War in Ukraine. You have AI. You have all of these different things intertwining to create the conspiracies that are in the world today. And it's it's not just one isolated thing. They are all connected, and that's the most important thing I wanted to show.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome.
4: Now this is for our views. Uh, uh, sorry. Now this is for our viewers that want to dig a little deeper. This final video uh, is actually from uh Davos the the big World Economic Forum meeting that happened recently that we've been talking about in the previous few weeks uh and there are some things in this video that you guys need to hear for yourself if you are skeptical about some of these agendas uh we can't watch the whole thing it's like a 30 minute video i would highly suggest everyone watch a good you know portion of this video but We'll, we'll jump right into the beginning of it and we'll, we'll watch for a little bit. And then I want you guys to remember the title and to go look it up for yourselves. All right. Hello everybody,
0: I'm Nicholas Thompson. I'm the CEO of The Atlantic and I will be your moderator today. We are going to have an incredible session. Star of the show is Nita Farahani. She's a futurist and legal ethicist at Duke. And she's so smart and so interesting. You're gonna learn a ton. This is how it's gonna work. We're gonna watch a short video She's going to come on stage and talk. And then we're going to do a little Q&A, questions from the audience. And that'll be a wrap. And you'll leave (laughs) enlightened and excited. So first off, a video. Uh, It's going to make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll.
9: You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished. Your inbox is under control and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song, sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left, and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached, causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity right before an alert popped up, telling you to take a brain break. But what's that unusual change in your brain activity when you're asleep? It started earlier in the month. You send a text message to your doctor with a mental swipe of your cursor, Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. You head home, jamming to the music, with your work-issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. When you arrive at work the next day, a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, The government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your coworker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture, shaking you remove your earbuds.
10: What do you think? Is it a future you're ready for? You may be surprised to learn that it's a future that has already arrived. Everything in that video that you just saw is based on technology that is already here today. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances and decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. You've heard a lot about AI over the past few years. Here at Davos, it's been the talk of the hour. But I wanna talk about it in a different way, which is the ability to decode brainwave activity. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. Consider this. The average person thinks thousands of thoughts each day. As a thought takes form, like a math calculation, you're happy, you're tired, you're hungry, you're elated. Neurons are firing in your brain, emitting tiny electrical discharges. As a particular thought takes form, hundreds of thousands of neurons fire in characteristic patterns that can be decoded with EEG or electroencephalography and AI, powered devices. In fact, what you're seeing here is my brain activity while I'm wearing a simple device like the one on the right. We're not talking about implanted devices of the future. I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. It used to be that there was very little we could tell from EEG activity. But already, using consumer wearable devices, these are headbands. Uh, hats that have sensors that can pick up your brainwave activity, earbuds, headphones, tiny tattoos that you can wear behind your ear. We can pick up emotional states like are you happy or sad or angry. We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind. Simple shapes, numbers, your pin number to your bank account. It's not just your brain activity, here that we can pick up. We can also pick up your brain activity in different places, like as your neurons fire from your brain down your arm and send signals to your hand to tell you how to type, move. All of that could be decoded through electromyography. And that's what you're seeing here is a device now in the form of a simple wearable watch that can pick up that activity. And one of the pivotal acquisitions of the field Meta acquired this company Control Labs in 2019 because major tech companies are investing and helping to make these devices universally applicable as the way in which we interact with the rest of our technology. In fact, the coming future and I mean near-term future is these devices being the primary way in which we interact with all of the rest of our technology. Rather than a mouse or a keyboard, You can simply swipe with your mind, move your hand more seamlessly when you're in VR or AR, use your brain as the way in which you interact with all of the rest of your technology, which is an exciting and promising future, but also a potentially scary one, a transformative one, one that will change the way that we interact with other people and even how we understand ourselves. Let's take a look.
4: this is where some of our core technologies, like
3: EMG, come into play. Neural interfaces, when they work right, and we still have a lot of work to go here, feel like magic.
9: So if you send
10: a a control to your muscle saying, I want to move my finger, it starts in your brain, it goes down your spine through motor neurons, and this is an electrical signal. So we should be able to grab that electrical signal on the muscle and say, oh, okay, the user wants to move the finger.
4: What is it like to feel like
3: pushing a button without actually pushing it? That could be as simple as, hey, I just want to move this cursor up or move it left. Well, normally I would do that by actually moving. But here, you're able to move that cursor left. And it's because you and a machine agreed which neurons mean left and which neurons mean right. You're in this constant
11: conversation with the machine
10: this new form of control, it requires us to build an interface that adapts to you and your environment.
4: Alright, so I think that's all for now, but please go check out that video uh, if you're curious. The title of it is, Ready for Brain Transparency. And it was given at the WEF 23 at Davos. you know, this big World Economic Forum meeting.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, guys, this we're, we live in the future. <laughs> That's crazy and and combine that with what we talked about with AI and digital currency and the thought police of Google and oh censorship what do you think man
0: i I, I just I, I'm at a loss for words I mean it it's just so much so much uh what I'm, what's the word I'm looking for It's just so much all at once I guess is what I'm trying to say yep, and it's uh overwhelming.
4: Absolutely. That that's exactly what I was thinking with all these stories is this is truly overwhelming. There's no way. And are a they trying to do that? Catch. Yes, and and that's my opinion is that it's so many things just get stacked up and stacked up and stacked up that you can't do you, you feel immobilized to affect even one of them. Uh and and unfortunately that's how they all kind of slip under the radar and don't have the populace rising up and revolt against these uh big heads that are sitting at the top of the pyramid right mm-hmm. deciding how to conduct the cattle whenever you receive so many benefits you tend to give away some of your liberties so mm-hmm. when, when you get the freebies whenever you get the the fun cool stuff sometimes you give away some of your privacy sometimes you give away some of your liberty uh because with this technology while it can be used for good it can also be used for evil. And um, just uh, some of the stories that I wanted people to be aware of. Uh, and and I think that's all for our new segment today, Jeremiah.
0: All right, Jake. Well, thanks for the great current news as always. I think before we do Opus Corner, now a word from our sponsor. Now, personally, I've tried every CBD product on the market to help me manage my pain. I have degenerative disc disease. And nothing has ever helped me until I tried JJ's Natural CBD Rub. So when I found out that we had the opportunity to work together, I was so excited that I could share this amazing product with you guys here on Skiba News Nation. So if you want to manage your pain like I did, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive $50 off a three-pack special. Also, check out all the testimonials on their website, jjcbdrub.com. Get pain relief like I did by getting yourself some J.J.'s Natural CBD Rub today. Check out more info down in the description below.
11: I believe what happened here with David Koresh has shown a lot of patriots the true nature of the deep state the cancel culture. So when willing, it started, kind of. Yes, it got when the it ball first rolling. started, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, people started awakening.
11: And so when this comes out in the open and with your podcast, when it gets out there and people realize what really happened here, they're gonna see David Caress and all these people and Branch Dominions in a whole different light.
0: So yeah, definitely check this out because I would ne- I would never promote something on the show that I did not believe in. This is the only CBD product that's ever helped me with my pain. And I know, Jake, you know JJ personally.
4: I agree. We should promote things that are actually beneficial for our audience, right? Sometimes people shill some stupid stuff, but this is definitely something that uh, I-, I can vouch for.
0: Yeah. All right, well... After that, it's time for an all new Opus Corner. Take it away,
5: Opa.
3: Welcome to another episode of Opa's Corner. So, let's get started. A timekeeper at a factory is in charge of blowing the whistle for the lunch break at noon. When it's almost noon, she looks at her watch, and right when it strikes 12 p.m., she blows the whistle. One day, she bumps her watch against something, and she fears it is a little off. Wanting to make sure she can do her job correctly, she decides to go get her watch set by a professional clockmaker. The woman goes to the shop and has the clockmaker set her watch to the correct time. She tells the clockmaker what she does for a living and that it is important that her watch keeps the correct time. The clockmaker tells her that she needn't worry because he sets his watch by the clocks in the back and that he can be sure that they're on time because he sets them every Sunday when the church bells ring at 6 a.m. The woman leaves the shop satisfied, but starts to ask herself, how does the church know exactly when it's 6 a.m.? So she goes to the church and finds the bell ringer and asks him how he knows when to ring the bells and how does he make sure that he has the correct time. The bell ringer tells her, that he rings the bells right when his watch strikes 6 a.m. I'm sure my watch is accurate, he reassures her. I check it every day at noon when the factory goes on break. The Presbyterian church called a meeting to decide what to do about their squirrel infestation. After much prayer and consideration, they concluded that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they should not interfere with God's divine will. At the Baptist church, the squirrels had taken interest in the baptismary. The deacons met and decided to put a water slide on the baptismary and let the squirrels drown themselves. The squirrels liked the slide and unfortunately knew instinctively how to swim, so twice as many squirrels showed up the following week. The Lutheran church decided they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures, so. They humanely trapped their squirrels and set them free near the Baptist church. Two weeks later, the squirrels were back when the Baptists took down the water slide. The Episcopalians had a much more unique path by setting out pans of whiskey around the church in an effort to kill the squirrels with alcohol poisoning. Sadly, they learned how much Damage a band of drunk squirrels can do. But the Catholic Church came up with a more creative strategy. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of the church. Now they only see them at Christmas and Easter. Not much was heard from the Jewish synagogue. They took the first squirrel and circumcised him, They haven't seen a squirrel since! (laughs) One day, when Jesus was relaxing in heaven, he happened to notice a familiar-looking old man. Wondering if the old man was his father, Joseph, Jesus asked him, Did you, by chance, ever have a son? Yes, the old man said, but he wasn't my biological son. He was born by a miracle, by the intervention of a magical being from the heavens. Very interesting, said Jesus. Did this boy ever have to fight temptation? Oh yes, many times, answered the old man, but eventually one. Unfortunately, he, he heroically died at one point, but he came back to life shortly thereafter. Jesus couldn't believe it. Could this actually be his father? One last question, he said. Were you a carpenter? Why, yes, replied the old man. I was. Jesus rubbed his eyes and said, Dad? The old man rubs tears from his eyes and said, Pinocchio? (laughs) And now for the
10: funnies.
3: (laughs) I'm waiting for DoorDash. (laughs) Popeye, no! I am what I am. (laughs) And the note says, Dear classmates and Miss Kilgore, Now that my family has moved away I feel bad that I whine so much about being mistreated. Hope the contents of this box will set things right. Love Pandora. <laughs> How sweet. <laughs> Canine New Year's Eve. Better hurry, honey. You don't want to miss the ball drop. Three, two, one, <laughs> 65 million years ago when cows rule the earth. <laughs> I drank this stuff called extreme energy and I stayed awake for two hours, two hours Clarence That is extreme. (laughs) I judge a man by the shoes he wears, Jerry. (laughs) At long last, Michael rows his boat ashore. Welcome back, Michael. Welcome to the new Disney. Dog Holidays. Head Out the Window Day. Extra Treats Day. National Squirrel Day. Market Nothing Day. The sandwich mafia sends Luigi to sleep with the fourth graders. <laughs> arctic ant arctic <laughs> It's amazing how much technology has evolved. at the dog museum. That's close enough, fella. The (laughs) perfect stick. (laughs) Oh, we got rid of the hot coals years ago and switched them over to Lego pieces. Here are the newly issued combat fatigues. The design's a bit unusual, but they are remarkably resilient to repeated explosions.
6: <laughs> Me
3: How sheep get away with murder
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Robin, look! Someone in that store is in trouble! Help wanted. (laughs) Okay, who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? (laughs) Look! Abs! <laughs> ah This is contagious. This is why I don't like you kissing me when you have a cold sore, Elena. <laughs> Look, stem cells Man, the king must really hate that song. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we going today, Mr. Peabody? Actually, Sherman, we're going way back to the 1960s when people had compassion and heart and there were no cell phones or computers and there was wicked cool music. <laughs> it's true. Welcome back, sir. Are you planning on being a guest for one night only? Or will this be your usual extended stay? <laughs> There he is, my butter from another udder. (laughs) Yes, Johnny, it's true. Some misguided individuals actually believe the Earth is flat. But as you can see for yourself, the Earth is, in fact, hollow. Why else would a globe companies make them that way? Virtual Reality Tech Expo. There's a couch, and I'm scratching it. Now a human is telling me to stop and, whoa, the ignoring feels so real. I wish those were a thing. Cat Book Clubs. And now for a few funnies in honor of Rob Skiba's love of Star Trek. Unaware of the importance of dryer sheets, the crew of the Starship Enterprise embarrassingly warp through space with static (laughs) Klingons. Star Trek, the cat generation. Sensors indicate a ship that's shaped like a long piece of string. It's moving slowly across a butt wiggle. Impulse. Engage. <laughs> Once I went to a horrible pub called the Fiddle. It really was a vile inn. I really like Beyonce. Whatever floats your boat. No that's buoyancy. (laughs) I adopted a pet termite. I'm calling him Clint. Clint eats wood. So, how do you make holy water, Captain? You just have to boil the hell out of it! (laughs) What did the snowman sing to the snowwoman? I only have eyes for you. And that concludes another episode of Opa's Corner.
5: My Hut, der hat drei Dreiecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken. Das ist das nicht mein Hut.
3: Opas Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share and subscribe. is an Opa's Corner breaking news report. Around a dozen top secret classified documents were discovered by the FBI at the residence of Mickey Mouse in Anaheim, California. (laughs) The documents are undergoing a review by the National Security Division and the FBI. Mr. Mouse had been unaware of these documents, his representative said. Sources familiar with the matter, Tell Opa's Corner that the documents appear to be related to a possible acquisition of a new resort in Washington, D.C. The materials seem to have been inadvertently boxed and transported from Florida to Mr. Mouse's home, his representative said. Mm -hmm. This revelation makes Mr. Mouse the fourth high-profile individual to have classified materials discovered at their residence in recent months. In other news, the FBI has secured a subpoena to search the resident of Mr. Bunny for possible classified documents. This has been an OPAs Corner breaking news report. We now return you to your regular programming.
0: I can't believe Mickey did that. Oh, <laughs> all these document scandals, man. That was a great Opus Corner, Opa, thank you. And that was a funny thank breaking you, news. Alright, well, it's time for history. I hope you enjoy. So, man, have I got a good one for you. Jake, do you want to hear how this came to be? You bet, man.
4: Guys, you are in for a treat. Tell me all about it, man.
0: All right. So I'll just give you a backstory on how this even happened. So last week, me and my girlfriend, we were in Austin. And, uh, you know, Waco is the number one place that that you guys wanted us to go visit and, you know, like film there and stuff. So uh, when we were going to come home, we, we decided, since it's halfway between Austin and Dallas, that we would stop there. And um, so I, I, I looked up their phone number because I knew that they were closed, and I, I knew that they'd probably say no, but I sent them a text thinking it was a landline, thinking it was like the church's landline. Uh, but no, it was the personal phone number of the pastor who invited me on an off day, on a day that they were not open. To let me come and and for him to tell me the true story because that's what I've always wanted to know. I've I've seen every documentary, I've seen anything you could ever know about the Branch Davidians and what really happened at Waco. But this is about to show you that you that if you've seen all those documentaries, this is that it'll just blow your mind. So let me kind of show you a couple pictures that that when we first got to the gate. So that's the Branch of Davidian Gate in Waco. And um, I will tell you, I was a little nervous right there, right before we went in, because it just was like, oh my gosh, this is it the place. Maybe nervous isn't the right word. It was like, I felt honored, but yeah, I, I guess I was nervous for the interview. <laughs> so let's go to pic- picture number two. And then this is the church that we had the interview in, and he wanted me to meet his full congregation. And then... This is me, and then that's uh Pastor Charles pace uh, uh, handing me the book and then next to him is Peter who's who's like his right hand man and big shout out to all these guys for for being honest like just wanting to get their story out and for being so o- opening and with open arms they just let me and my girlfriend come in there and big shout out to her because she filmed it and so without further ado uh please enjoy part one of the untold true story of waco this interview is not about religious views this is about our constitutional rights as americans and how the government decided to take every right away from the people who died on april 19th 1993 in waco texas the purpose of this interview is to give a voice to the people who the media has kept voiceless for so long this story is their story and is now being told by the members of their congregation and community to set the record straight. So I invite you to please listen and watch with an open heart and an open mind to the true story of what happened that day in Waco, Texas. Like my father often said, evil happens when good men do nothing. Viewer discretion is advised.
8: I believe in the flat earth.
11: <laughs> it's not a theory. And I remember Robert Skiba had some fantastic videos and teachings. <laughs> I've always wanted to meet your dad, but I get to meet his son. Praise I'm, God. I'm so honored. Praise God. And when I saw your name on my phone, I thought Robert Skiba, first thing, Brought tears to my eyes. Really? Yes, mm-hmm. because I really loved what your dad taught. me how he taught. Anyway, Peter, Yes. Sir. come and meet Jeremiah. Remember I told you about Robert Skiba, the guy that was teaching about the flat earth in Dallas area. Now I remember, yes. This is That's exciting. my dad. Good to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Meet
6: you.
7: Awesome.
11: Yeah, his dad taught about the flat earth, the Nephilim. Right. He was a believer. Okay, very and good. He kept the feasts. Right. right. Yeah, it was, it was really good. He was really a good teacher, too.
0: Well, whatever you want to do with this subject here, I'm for it. The thing that blows my mind is this could have easily happened to me. This year? Yeah. Yeah, this was cancel culture at their best. Oh, yeah.
11: Yeah, they they, they massacred these people. And uh, they had reason to do it because David Koresh was going to expose their human trafficking, their gun running, cocaine processing. And their pedophilia that was going on on this property while he was gone. But they switched it around to make it look like he was the, you know, they demonized him. Yeah. And so um, Bill Clinton and Jeb Bush, I mean, if you look at this banner up here, yeah, they're the ones that were recruited by George Bush Sr. to manufacture guns and to send them down to the Contras. And the Contras were... Um, Paying with cocaine paste, and um, women and children. Wow! And they were bringing them up here because they were wanting to use Mount Carmel as a, as a church front for mm-hmm. their, you know, their operation. Their operation. Now George Roden, the son of the founders of Ben and Lois Roden, who founded the Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church here, and owned the property. He was the last remaining trustee after his parents died. Well, he was recruited by Jeb and Bill Clinton because he ran for president in 1976 under the Democratic Party. He didn't make it to the primaries, but he got to know the Democratic Party. Yeah. You
0: know the big wigs. And-
11: yeah, the big wigs and all that. And the Bushes, no, the Clintons and the Bushes now. The property next door to us is a 3,000 acre ranch that's next to a 2,700 acre ranch. And we believe the Bush has owned the ranch next door. Wow. And when George Bush Senior was land commissioner of Texas in 1970, he made sure that 2,700 acres were granted to build the Methodist Boys Ranch, a home for foster boys next to this ranch here, mm-hmm. next to the church property, which we had about 1,000 acres at one time. So, um, well, we find out what was going on next door. My neighbor tells me that he has a friend whose mother was asked to cater a homosexual party at the mansion next door. They have a mansion on that property yeah. with hidden in trees. 500 homosexuals were having a party there and she had. they wanted her to cater it, but she didn't want to do it, she ran a bakery. So they wanted her to bake the buns and the hot dog buns and the hamburger buns and a big cake. And she told them where they can go and get that stuff because she didn't want to do it. So her son was actually asked to come and help them set up so that he could see who the uh, guests were. And they basically said you wouldn't believe who the guests are that come to these parties. They're governors, senators, lawyers, judges. Sounds like
0: Bohemian Grove. Yes, mm-hmm. it is very similar. Mm-hmm. It,
11: it is exactly like that. Okay, so they come here, and they have their parties. Now, after this mansion, um, they changed hands because I believe it got a little too hot. It was like a hot mm-hmm. potato. They wanted to get rid of it, get it out of from the you know bushes, and put it into someone else that they know and you know. So that it would be in their name. So um, we find out that they had to change out, they sold the mansion and 350 acres. And uh, when they did that, they had to change out the air conditioning units in the mansion. So my neighbors, let's see, his niece married him. Okay, so he was his uh, uncle-in-law, I guess. He told him that when he was up on the second floor testing out the air conditioning, he found a huge uh, shower complex that you would find in at an athletic wow. you know, yeah. place. Open showers, okay, but with glass walls. And he says, "Why would they have glass walls on a shower?" Why, you, you got it. They were getting the guests drunk and drugged, mm-hmm. put them in there, and they them. That's, and that's so exactly. So it's like Epstein. you know that Ep- I was just going to say. <laughs> you know that Epstein had to be in the, uh, in the wings. Here. Absolutely, yeah. Now that was thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, this was going on. So. Um, When David Koresh comes back from living in Palestine, a wooded area, Mm -hmm. and he comes back on the property again, and George Roden ends up going to jail for contempt of court for two sentences, which is 180 days, he was able to get on the property and take it over again. But when he came on the property, he found evidence. He found 2,000 guns in crates with 1,000 rounds of ammunition with each automatic rifle.
6: Mm
11: -hmm. And... um, he um, found a cache of child pictures and tapes. And I believe he found holding cells for the women and children. And the pool here is really the basement cavity that was under a machine shop. And you can see the picture of it, it's in the banner here. And uh, he basically found all this evidence. He asked the local sheriff, Carwell to come and get the evidence. He said, yeah. "Sheriff says I can't touch any of that evidence in Southern Federal jurisdiction." So, in other words, George Bush Sr., the head of the CIA, mm-hmm. calls all the law enforcement in the area and he says, "Leave all that evidence there." They wanted David Koresh to be their scapegoat. Yeah, and and in Waco Rules of Engagement, and I believe in Waco a new revelation. You see, Bill Clinton saying, we've got to cut the head off the snake. We've got to get rid of this David Koresh guy. He killing women, molesting children, manufacturing guns, processing cocaine.
0: Which is what they were doing.
11: Which is what they were doing, and they left the evidence here. Why would he say exactly what all the evidence that David Koresh found here? Yeah, so unless he knew. Yeah, he knew. Of course he knew. Now, here's another thing. There, are, there was, I should say... Trading House Power Plants, just down the road here, there's a lake called Trading House Lake. Okay. Bill Clinton, and I found this on Wikipedia. I found pictures of him. During 1992, during his campaign, he came to Hallsburg, Texas, it says. Mm -hmm. uh, A village of 300 people, not 3,000 people, 300 people. And then he went to the power plants that only had about 10 employees there. Not a big campaign stop, right? Why right. did he come? Yeah. Two miles away from Mount Carmel. I got this from the district attorney who represented me in a court case over the property. And he told me that Bill Clinton called the head of the police department, the sheriff department, and the Texas Rangers to meet him at the, at the um, power plant with the district attorney and he took them up on top of the power plant that overlooks Mount Carmel from a distance. He looked through his binoculars and he saw that all the houses on the property were torn down by David Koresh. And the building that they had, the machine shop, he tore that down, he even tore the church down. Now, I believe he tore down all these buildings because when he looked at the pictures and tapes, he saw that they were the children Just and, being, and even sacrificing them, you know, we don't oh, know okay. what they did to them, but so he saw all this and he was upset mm-hmm. to say the least, yeah. and he felt that they desecrated church property. So he tore everything down. He didn't even, I don't even believe he used the lumber because it doesn't the configuration of that building. I call it a hotel. They want to call it a compound, but it's not a compound. It was a hotel. The configuration and the size of the lumber that you would have to have—you couldn't get it out of these little cottages—and there was no metal that was from the metal building that was the machine shop, so he didn't use any of that stuff. What did he do with it? He got rid of it because he—he felt it was
0: desecrated. It had bad energy. Probably. It had
11: bad. It had, they were. It was cursed. Yeah. And so he, you know, was. What he did with the basement though, he made it into a pool. He purified it with water and let his women and children swim in it freely. You know, it was symbolic that he Mm -hmm. was taking back. But the um, evidence that was here, what he did with the uh, child tapes, he had to burn them. Now my neighbor Remembers that when they came back his father-in-law Perry Jones the one that got shot first at the door
0: mm-hmm.
11: he went over to say hi to uh, James he says we're your neighbors again because James has been living here most of his life and so he was here even when the Branch Davidians first came here when it was just the Davidians that were here mm-hmm. and uh so he went over there and told him, he says, we're your neighbors again, but you'll never guess what we found. We found hundreds of pictures of children being he said, we had to get rid of all that stuff. We had to burn it. If they caught us with that, we would have been in jail. It would have thrown away the key. And that's why they left it. But he, David Koresh outsmarted them. He burned the pictures and tapes and he demilled the guns and made them into semi-automatic legal rifles that he was selling at gun shows that's how he became a gun dealer yeah. he was not a gun dealer before
0: and that's probably how he made money just well he, yeah. yes he needed
11: to make money but he had to get rid of those guns 2000 guns what do you you can't even give them away you'll get arrested if you give them away now yep. let alone sell them so he demilled them that's why yes he was manufacturing guns He was demilling the guns they manufactured to send down to the Contras and making them into legal rifles that he could sell at gun shows. I mean, smart man, okay? Now, he knew because of the prophecy that Ellen White, and you can get a picture of it over there, Ellen White, the founder of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in 1904, made commentary on Ezekiel 28, chapter 28. And she said that this chapter is going to be fulfilled within the Seventh-day Adventist Church and we'll know better when it's fulfilled how it's going to be fulfilled. But in Ezekiel 28, a man claims to have the mind of God. He claims to sit in the seat of God and he claims to be God. And God says, because you have declared this, I, the Lord, will send strangers, the terrible of the nations. In the NIV, that's in the King James, but in the NIV, it says, the most ruthless army in the world. Army in the wow. world. And they'll bring you down with their weapons before the whole world. We'll see how much of a God you are in the hands of those that slay you. You are not a God, you're just a man. So I bring that prophecy to David Koresh in front of all the elders and about 180 people in the congregation on April the 17th of 1984. And I asked him, I said, Are you the man that she's prophesying is coming? to declare himself God he said he looked me in the eye and he had a gleam in his eye like this guy knows who I am finally because everybody else thought he was God (laughs) so he said yes I'm that man and I said well you know what God says he's going to do to you Ellen White also comments on how the judgment for Ezekiel 28 is it's Ezekiel 9 the Ezekiel 9 chapter Five men with slaughter weapons in their hand go through the city and slaughter old and young, men, women, maids, and little children and kindle a fire in the midst of his complex and burn it all down. Oh my God. Did that happen or not? Okay. See, when I want to know something, I ask God. I don't ask the media. I didn't even want to ask the survivors because they had their own narrative because they wanted to prove that David Koresh was God. But God wanted to prove that David Koresh, this man was not God, he was just a man. And that's what David Koresh was used by God to emphasize that he was not that lamb of Revelation five and six because it's no man. So when I brought this to David Koresh and he was listening and he was really accepting it. But then when I said to him, you're not the man, you know, you're just a man, you're not, you're not God. And I said, because you're claiming to be this God, the Holy Ghost, God's going to judge you severely for blaspheming the Holy Ghost. That's the unpardonable sin, if you don't ask for forgiveness. So he said, yes, I know. I mean, he looked at me and he said, yes, I know. I came to bring judgment. I said, you came on to take on the judgment. And he says, well, somebody's got to fulfill this prophecy for God. It might as well be me. And his people, he had them ready for what was coming. Now, the government had to have a good reason for them to come and slaughter these people, Mm -hmm. right? Well, it was trying to hide their crimes against humanity. Because David Koresh, there's a snippet in Waco, A New Revelation, where David Koresh says to these people from Australia, there was a documentary team that was here, and they asked him, why do you have guns on the property? You know, a church property, why do you have guns? He says, it makes no difference whether we have guns on this property or not. It's a second amendment right. You have guns?
4: Yeah, we have some. Well, can we see that? Is that okay?
2: Well, I guess if you want. (laughs) You know, now, it makes nobody's business whether we have a gun or not at this place. Guns are the right of Americans to have. You know, it's bringing up guns in in, in a situation like this is something that can be, you know how people think.
11: And the United States is one of the greatest countries in the world It has liberty and justice for all, not for religion, Mm -hmm. you know, not for some, but for everybody. And he says, he rhymes off a couple of lines of a song he wrote, this having guns is for the little children God knows how it should be. Stars and stripes are flying, bringing justice and liberty. And then he looks straight in the camera and he says, for the children's sake, you may have to take up a gun in the future. Well, what do you think's going on right now with the deep state? The White Hats are taking up their guns. The army are taking up their guns. The Patriots are going after these worldwide, not just in the United States, but worldwide so david koresh i believe that was a prophetic utterance that he made Mm -hmm. but he was willing to die for the children's sake and that's why i wrote the book jeremiah i want you to have this book i call it waco a new revelation for the children's sake why the deep state massacred david koresh this is why they did it because for the children's sake because he was standing up for the children He wouldn't let his own children and his wives. I'm not condoning, you know, his sin. But God had to judge him as an apostate. Because that's what the prophecy says. He's an apostate claiming to be God. Well, that's an apostasy. And it's blasphemy. And he had to commit that sin for God to judge him. According to the prophecy. So he committed Sin, Yes, he was a sinner, but God used him as a sinner. Remember, Christ took on sin and he used him to die in our stead so that we don't have to die eternally. But he died for us. Now, I'm not saying that David Koresh was Jesus Christ. No, but he understood the mind and heart of God to the point where he was willing to sacrifice himself and his people for God to be obedient. And God says, I don't want sacrifice. I want obedience. But he was willing to sacrifice himself to be obedient. Because that's what God asked him to do. Now, after I said that to him, I told him about the prophecy. He put his arm around my neck, turned around to the elders, looked them in the eye. And he said, this brother's teaching truth. You better believe him. So he was admitting to them. That he wasn't God. He was just a man and that he was going to be judged of God. But they didn't want to believe that because in their minds and hearts, they thought he's our Messiah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from that day forward, because they didn't want to believe the truth that even David Koresh said Mm -hmm. it was truth. Ellen White, they believed that she was their prophet. Seventh-day Adventist prophet, prophetess. Okay. And they didn't want to believe her either. They didn't want to believe me. After David Koresh says he's teaching truth. God gave David Koresh a strong delusion that he was the lamb of Revelation 5 and 6. So that they would believe their own lie. And he could judge them. And this is how he judged them. Because this was a judgment of God. And God wanted to show that judgment begins at the house of God. It began with God's own son you know, 2,000 years ago, he judged his own son for us in our stead. So David Koresh was willing to die like God's son died for us so that you and I would understand what the heck was going on with this pedophilia, the deep state 30 years ago, not what we're finding out now. It's coming out now, oh yeah, the reawakening. Yeah, we're being awakened now but what we really need to be awakened to is who the Holy Ghost is, who he was claiming to be. Anyway, that's what David Koresh was used of God to emphasize and to allow me to tell the truth about what really and truly happened here. So if you're willing, brother, to uh, get this out there, you'll be doing God god's will because that's what we need to do you know i wanted so much to go to one of his conferences and he taught me about the flat earth and i it he made it believable you know what i'm saying yeah and it according is, to the bible yeah. according to scripture absolutely and i've got all his videos i mean mm-hmm. you know really? I, I watch them i watch them awesome. yes it's a shame they killed him
6: yeah
11: but who else? i you know i'm looking to see if they're gonna try to kill me because of what I'm saying. God's protecting me,
6: Yeah, I know. It, it, one other interesting
7: detail that's interesting to me is that, and Charles can explain this, but between the date that he actually stood in the church in 1984 yeah. and gave that prophecy to David and the other congregation members, the time period between that and the 51st day, right when the fire started, was exactly nine years to the day and to the hour, even when he ended the sermon. The pastor ended the sermon, it was 1210. Exactly nine years later, it was
6: 1210 when the fire started. So I think that was significant. And too. nine is the
11: number of judgment in Scripture. That's why it's Ezekiel 9, the Ezekiel 9 slaughter. And that's what this was Ezekiel 9. And Ellen White, Victor Hotta, Ben Roden, you know, the spiritual leaders in the branch movement taught about that ezekiel 9 slaughter and david koresh knew that he was going to be slaughtered but he was willing to go through it and so were the people with him
0: so uh, i mean that was just the craziest interview and so after that great interview and him telling his truth um peter gave us a private tour which was awesome thank you peter and uh, to show the destruction and what little remains of the compound. This is what really broke my heart to see what little was left. They massacred these people. These are only structures. And I don't know if you see it's in the corner there but that's that school bus that famous photo of the school bus that's all that's left and it's and it's very sad and uh, it really tore up my heartstrings. so i want to pull up this last photo and this is a, a qr code if you're interested in getting a copy of that book that he gave me um, or if you just want to show them some love and support and help them keep this historic place open, I would love to help them turn some, some of their property into a museum or something, because it needs to be a reminder to show the terrible and tyrannical acts the government did to take away the rights of American citizens who did nothing wrong. And so, you know, I just want to put that out there, and if you guys want that book or want to help support them that's great so i just that's all i got for the, for today's history i want to hear your thoughts jake
4: yeah i just wanted to show some of these uh slightly related memes to kind of wrap it all together uh here's one at least democrats didn't separate children from their parents
0: yeah uh
4: it's bill clinton in front of waco
0: isn't that here's amazing
4: another one uh
0: That that that's the only thing that's left. That is the only thing that's left of that big building. Wow, it's so sad. And I'm I'm I hope you're Uh, you're gonna be here with me when we go out there. But I'll talk. Yeah, I'd really like to be.
4: Here's another one. Uh, Waco, Texas, U.S. There are children being harmed there. We must save them. Also, the U.S. government burning it to the ground. (laughs) Windows XP failed successfully. Oh man. So yeah, that interview, man, how groundbreaking, I mean, there's probably no other media source that's going to give that guy a a, a sliver of well, the light of day to get his story out there. And, and you got a really good interview with him and it's crazy he knew your dad as well.
0: Yeah, I thought that was great. And, and f- what's crazy is a week before that we had gone there or were invited there because we weren't supposed to be there, it was closed, uh, Fox News was there. And they were kind of upset because Fox News took out all the important things that they wanted to get across. So I just wanted this to be their story. And I felt like it needed to be told as their truth and as the truth. Because it's a, yeah, they may have different beliefs than us, but, but, you know, they, they do a lot of similar things. You know, they believe a lot of the same things. And, um, yeah one more cool thing is after our interview they invited us and the skiba news nation team uh to be the only media on the grounds on the compound on their 30th anniversary which would be april 19th 2023 so there'll be trucks all down the road and we will be inside the gate getting our exclusive interviews and he is so excited about that he kept asking me are you sure you're going to come I was like yes I'll be here (laughs) we'll try to get we'll all try to be here so yeah that's that's all I got and that's only part one the part two and three if there is a three are going to be a lot more eye-opening because that's only scratching the surface so that's all I got thank you
4: Jeremiah, I think that, uh, interview really connects a lot of the dots and that's what they were doing. What? 35 years ago is what he said.
0: Yeah. That was what about today?
4: What is still Mm -hmm. going on today? You know?
0: Yeah. Knocked down a lot of, uh, lockdown. It it, it was the first thing that, that kind of exposed what the government was doing. And that's kind of what I said in the interview. It's just, that was the first time in American history that anybody's seen anything like that. So now they're doing it with the hospitals, which we didn't put that in there. But um, that'll be maybe part two. Who knows? (laughs) But, you know, those are my opinions. Awesome, man. So you ready for some memes?
4: Yeah, we got some.
0: All right, meme me up.
4: (laughs) Meme me up.
0: me me up yep. <laughs>
4: alrighty uh cop you were going fast me I was just trying to keep up with traffic cop there isn't any me I know that's how far behind I am
0: <laughs> that's pretty funny
4: a church turned into a pillar of salt after turning to glare at the sound guy <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny
4: Oh. Uh, <laughs> This guy kind of looks like my friend Sean, who passed away last year. Uh, very similar. Uh, he's a he's a studio. He was a studio producer, so it kind of fits well. Uh, anyways, next one. Uh, my kids, when I say stop, you're gonna get hurt. Ten seconds later.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, help me!
4: <laughs> I warned them, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I'm learning that as a parent. Uh, you had another kid. How many are you going to have? More than my enemies.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, man. That's funny. Here's uh, just some good for the soul type stuff. Uh, when you have an oar in the water, right, mm-hmm. and one is labeled faith, and on the other side you have another oar, and that one's labeled work, you know, obedience to God's commandments, if you you know, move your faith oar, you're going to go in a circle. If you move just your obedience, your works, or you're gonna go in a circle. But according to the book of James, right, when you move both together, you can move forward. Uh, it's it's a you know it's the narrow path. It's the walking out our faith and not just in our mind, but being those set apart people. And uh, here's another one. I thought y'all could use at least one happy post today. <laughs> That
0: is it's a happy, happy post. post. Yep.
4: Be grateful for every second you get to spend with people you love. Life is so precious. Hmm. And uh, wait until somebody finds out. The, uh, hold on, this isn't a funny one. It slipped over from our news segment. I won't read it, but uh, you get the picture. Uh, here's another one good for the soul uh, Psalm 119, 115 i will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways and uh it's of course this guy like he's got the headphones on and the tv going and the book for sheep in his lap <laughs> and uh you know the shepherd's shouting over the hill hey sheep hear my voice he says i wonder why i don't hear from the shepherd anymore <laughs> wow yeah good lesson yep uh here we have the sigil of Lucifer, oh. and isn't it interesting how it looks a little familiar to something we're taught uh, according to the globular model?
0: <laughs> now I get it.
4: That's funny. Here's a Star Trek meme. Thank you for teaching me the word plethora. It means a lot.
0: plethora. It's a fun word to say.
4: plethora. All right, we uh we have this here right now. They're arguing over who lost keys. <laughs> it's a couple the in a car, like looking around, and their keys are in the door. That's awesome. Oh, it's all good, guys. They finally found the link to all mm. the myocarditis. The like, look, it's been eggs this whole time. <laughs> oh well, man. Thank God they yeah, found right.
0: that. You know, hard-boiled especially. Looked like in that photo.
4: Speaking of eggs, uh, here's chickens after the price of eggs went up. They got their <laughs> nails done, got that fancy uh, purse, the glasses, walking, strutting around town with that now, moolah.
0: Now that oh. uh, topic is crazy. <laughs> the price of eggs right now.
4: Oh, yeah, eggs or so. Get yourself a chicken. Do yourself a favor. Um, <laughs> when you lied on the resume but still got a job <laughs> police dog cat
0: that's awesome Hello. I got a little uh thing for my cat Charlie's a little tuxedo cat and it, it's a uh, um, what do they call them a, uh, emotional support cat you can get any animal like into a emotional support animal did
4: you know that oh yeah
0: I bought my mom one for, for her big dog so, so she could take the dog into like Walmart and if she ever feels threatened, just release that leash. And I mean, that's a big dog <laughs> running right awesome. at you. Yeah.
4: All right. Last meme of the week. I dub thee Sriracha. <laughs>
9: Sriracha.
4: Of course, as always, keeping it lighthearted as we end up the show. Uh, thanks for listening to some of these funny memes jeremiah
0: dude thank you for for all the great current news and the memes and just for keeping me you know sane after all that dark stuff that we just learned in history and uh opa thank you for another great opus corner and thank you to our new sponsor jj's i have to film this to our new sponsor jj's natural cbd rub so big shout out to them and uh do you have any shout outs Jake uh, not this week but
4: uh I do want to shout out that uh you know if we disappear suddenly uh oh, yeah. we did not kill ourselves
0: yes right. I, I, w- I will say that if, if something happens to me I didn't kill myself and uh I just want that to be out in the open just like you do so you know just uh you know just food for thought Something happens to me. You guys know why. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well. Thanks for another great show, and uh, thank you guys at home for watching. And I hope you enjoyed episode thirty-three. And we'll see you in episode thirty-four. So stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skiba.newsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at Jeremiah at SkibaNewsNation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at SkibaNewsNation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, PO Box 560271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, Click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth huge shout out to all our patreon supporters thank you so much for your support we couldn't do this show without you if you want to help support us go to patreon.com forward slash nation also you can listen to skiba news nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform